Welcome to the Littlestown Chapel podcast. Make sure to check us out on the web at littlestownchapel.org. Now, we hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Scott Morgan. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with our worship singing this morning. I just really am grateful for Dan and Emily leading us, and I trust it's been an encouragement to you. The songs were carefully chosen to lift our hearts and remind us that God's in control, and no matter what we're facing, in Christ alone, we have a solid rock, a foundation to stand upon and build our lives. Well, this morning we're reading in Mark chapter 10, Dawn led us in that reading just a little earlier in our service day, but Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, it's a story of a blind beggar who meets the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason we're looking at this story today is because we're in the middle of a series of messages that are talking about the questions that Christ asks. And I need to remind you that in the Bible, a lot of people ask Jesus questions. About 180 different some questions were asked of Jesus. But Jesus himself asked over 330, almost 340 questions in the course of his ministry. And he did that because he's a good teacher. He did that in order to get the attention of his listeners and and his readers today. It's a way of provoking thought and getting them to drill a little deeper into what he's teaching to remind them not just to respond in a shallow, surfacey way to have assumptions about who Christ is and what he's done, but rather to dig deeper and to think about it more personally and think about it how it affects all areas of our lives. And the ultimate truth is this, as I look at the questions of Jesus, is it really, we're not to say that Jesus is the answer, although I truly believe he is. It's bigger than that. I think what we say as we look at what Jesus is asking in Scripture is that Jesus is the question. Jesus is the question. He is the one who is calling us to question everything we know about life, everything we think about the future, everything we think about what it means to really have a relationship with God. And he is the question. He is the one who is provoking us to think about these things on a deeper level so that we ultimately come back to him and find out that he truly is the answer to everything that we're looking for, to every problem that we're facing, to every question that we're asking. He asks himself as a question in order to provoke us so that we'll come to him for the answers that we're looking for in life. In this very familiar passage of this blind beggar meeting Jesus as Jesus is journeying to Jerusalem with a group of pilgrims, it's, it's a few days before Palm Sunday, before the triumphal entry that Jesus will take going into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, before all the events of Holy Week, his debates with the Pharisees and religious leaders and his miracles that he performs and his sermons that he preaches and before the Last Supper and before the crucifixion on the cross, before all this is taking place, just a few days before these things begin to unfold, Jesus meets this man, Bartimaeus, a man who is blind, a man who is poor. He's a beggar. He's utterly dependent on other people's help. And in the middle of this encounter, Jesus asks Bartimaeus a profound question. And I have to admit to you, because as I read this story and think about the question that Jesus asks Bartimaeus, which remember, 
in these stories, Jesus is not just asking the individual in the story the question. He's asking you and I as readers today. He's asking us this question as well. And he asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Duh! <laughs> Jesus, you know, he needs to be healed of his blindness. Why are you even asking such a ridiculous question? You seem kind of dense in that moment, Jesus. Why are you asking what, you, what he wants you to do for him? Isn't it obvious that he needs to be healed of his blindness? You know what? Jesus is not dense. Jesus is very thoughtful and very wise and very respectful. And he is willing to ask this question, even though the answer seems so ridiculously silly and obvious. He's asking this question to do at least three things, I think as he's communicating to Bartimaeus and as he communicates to you and I. Because, truthfully, you and I are on the road of life and chances are you're listening to this message and at least you have some kind of inclination that you want to follow Jesus. Now, whether you're, you've been a Christian all your life, whether you've been a regular churchgoer or whether this is all brand new for, to you and whether you're just exploring and investigating what it means to follow Jesus, in some way or another, you and I are just like Bartimaeus. We want to know Jesus. We want to discover his plan for our lives, but there's something holding us back, something that we're struggling with. Bartimaeus obviously was struggling with blindness and because of his blindness he couldn't work for a living and so he had to beg. He was poor. He was constantly depending upon the mercy and help of other people. Bartimaeus' blindness was his big problem. But maybe your problem is not blindness. Maybe it's a, a habit that's overwhelming you or maybe it's a fear or anxiety that you're struggling with. I think a lot of us, I have to admit, I'm struggling with, you know, wrestling with anxiety over this whole coronavirus stuff. I don't want to be afraid. I want to trust God. I want to pray and rely on him. But I have to admit that it kind of keeps me awake a little bit at night. And, and I'm just kind of, well, what are we doing? Are we handling this right? Because it's not just my life. It's my family. It's my parents. It's my in-laws. It's my church family. So, okay. Maybe we all, I'll say I am, maybe not you, but I am definitely wrestling with anxiety in these days. That's something that's holding me back to a point. Maybe it's a, a, another issue in your life. You know, I just need to learn something. I need to get some education or training. Maybe it's just something else that's holding you back. Maybe you just honestly need to connect with some others so that they can help you grow and move forward spiritually. Whatever it is, we need to ask for help. We need to humble ourselves like Bartimaeus and ask for help. And a lot of us struggle with the pride of saying, I don't want to admit that I need help. I don't want to admit that I'm wrestling with this problem, so I keep it to myself and I don't want to tell on myself and ask for other people's prayers and assistance and training and teaching and encouragement. I don't want them to hold me accountable because I can think I can just handle this myself. I don't want to admit that I'm struggling with reconciling with somebody and I, I don't have the strength to make that first step. I don't even know what to say to try to make peace with that person, how to fix the, the broken uh, bridge that's between us and rebuild it so that we can be in connection again. I don't know what to do. And so I'm afraid to ask. I'm too proud to ask. I'm too proud to ask that I don't know enough, that I'm ignorant or I'm struggling with an, a lack of knowledge. In all of this, what we need to do is admit 
that we need help, that we can't handle it all on our own. And if anything, the question that Jesus asks blind Bartimaeus, the beggar sitting at the gate on the road outside of Jericho two millennia ago, he's asking Bartimaeus a question that can help you and I ask for the help that we need. He simply says to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? Jesus asks that question of you and I, so we'll ask for the help that we desperately need. This is a question that shows respect. That's the first reason why I think Jesus asked this question. He's showing respect to Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus probably had never been respected at any time in his life. As soon as his parents discovered that he had been blind or if he became blind through an accident later on in life or a disease, whatever it was, as soon as people realized that Bartimaeus was, was blind and could not be a productive member of society, he began to be disrespected. Maybe his mom and dad loved him and cared about him, but other people would say, what good are you? You're not a productive member of society. Bartimaeus was relegated to sitting beside the road, passively whining, asking, begging for people to help him, asking for his, their assistance. He had a cloak that he would wear, yes, to keep warm at night, but he would spread it out on the ground most likely, like beggars do in the Middle East today. He would spread a cloak out on the ground so the people would toss coins to him. And he's probably thinking, hey, it's almost Passover time. The pilgrims are coming from the north. They're going to pass through Jericho. They're going to climb the steep road to go to Jerusalem. And maybe some of these pilgrims, because they want to get right with God, will toss me some coins. And I'll be able to live on their assistance. People ignored him. People would not look at him. People would not talk to him. They would just drop the money as they went by and they wouldn't even engage with Bartimaeus. They didn't show him any respect, which is so ironic because Bartimaeus' name means the son of Timaeus. That's what Mark is saying here in Mark chapter 10 as he records this eyewitness account, probably from the words of Peter who witnessed all of this. And he's saying that this man's name means Bartimaeus. It means the son of Timaeus. And Timaeus means someone worthy of honor. Bartimaeus' name means I'm worthy of honor. I'm worthy to be treated with respect. And yet people seldom did that because he was a poor, blind beggar sitting along the side of the road, dependent on other people's help. In fact, what's interesting in this story, as the story unfolds, it talks about how Jesus and his disciples are with a group of people. There's a large crowd. These are pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem. And they've come from the north in Galilee. They've crossed over to avoid going through Samaria, where the Samaritans, those half-breed people that uh, the, the Jewish folks didn't like and didn't respect. So they've crossed and traveled, made a detour and traveled out of the way. And now they're crossing over the Jordan River again. They're going to go through the town of Jericho, and they're going to travel up the road uh, to go to Jerusalem, the steep climb up to Jerusalem, about a 17-mile 
hike up that path. And, and it would be a day's journey, a long day's journey as well. And it says that as Jesus and his disciples and this great crowd were coming into Jericho and then passing through the town and heading toward Jerusalem, they passed a Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The thing is, is that Bartimaeus heard about Jesus. He knew of Jesus' reputation as a miracle worker, a healer, a great teacher, someone with compassion who cared for the blind, the sick. Mark has recorded other instances of Jesus healing blind people and healing other people of other diseases and casting out demons. And Bartimaeus is probably hopeful. Maybe Jesus is going to pass by and I'm going to ask him to help me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But the thing that's interesting, it says that many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Here's Bartimaeus, the one man who desperately needs Jesus' help, the one man that Jesus alone has the power to come to the rescue and help him. And the people in the crowd are saying, shut up, be quiet. They didn't think Jesus needed to be bothered with a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. Be quiet. Disrespected one more time. Ignored. Rejected one more time. And yet the amazing thing is, is that Jesus sees Bartimaeus, hears Bartimaeus, and summons him. Tell him to come to me. And the crowd all of a sudden changes gears and changes their mind and they begin excitedly to say, Bartimaeus, cheer up. He's calling for you. Jump up. He's calling for you. And they bring Bartimaeus to Jesus. When Jesus looks at Bartimaeus, who has already called him the son of David twice, and really the, the language there is written in such a way that Mark is saying that Bartimaeus was saying this over and over, just shouting louder and louder repeatedly, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus hears this, calls Bartimaeus to come, and when Bartimaeus is standing there in front of Jesus, probably assisted by others, Jesus looks right at him and says, what do you want me to do? It's a, a question of respect. I see you. I notice you. I want to help you. I want to listen to you. Often, you and I show great respect when we pay attention and listen to others. When we look them in the eye, when we show by our body language that they matter, what they're saying is important. When we ask questions to clarify, to make sure that we're really understanding them, when we ask their name. Have you ever had somebody ask you for a handout, maybe when you've been visiting the museums down in the city or perhaps going to a ball game or something? Someone is begging, asking for a little help, asking for some change. Have you ever taken the time to stop and talk to them? Ask them questions, ask them their name. Or do you want to just ignore them and not be bothered with them? Jesus models here this great compassion and respect by talking directly to Bartimaeus and asking, what does he want Jesus to do for him? He listens, he cares, and he shows that by that, respect, by that question that shows respect. 
when you and I are asked that question, what do you want me to do? Jesus is not treating you as a burden. He's not treating you as an interruption. He's not saying, what's wrong with you? Can't you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? Jesus is not thinking that, feeling that, saying that whenever you ask him for help. No, he loves you. He respects you. He's listening to you. He's waiting for you to ask for the help that he already knows you need. But instead of just jumping in and do it for you, he's showing respect and helping in that way. But this is also a question that probes. By asking this question, Jesus is also making Bartimaeus say, what is it that you really want, Bartimaeus? I mean, Bartimaeus had asked questions of other people. Every day as he stood, you know, sat along the side of the road with his cloak out and begging for help, he's asking for money, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. Can you help a guy? Can you help me spare some change? Can you help me now? Can you please help me? Please help me, sir. God bless you, sir. And as he's asking for this help, people would help by giving change. Here, Jesus gives Bartimaeus the opportunity to ask for what he wants. What's Bartimaeus going to ask for? Well, Jesus, I could really use a hundred bucks. I could use a little more because I need to pay rent. I need to pay, buy some groceries. He could have said something else. You know, there was a guy that was picking on me the other day. I wish you'd get him back. I wish that you'd take me with you because I've never been to Jerusalem. He doesn't ask for anything like that. He's Jesus is trying to get Bartimaeus to probe more deeply what is it that he really wants. And he's already done this in this chapter. If you backtrack from where we're reading about Bartimaeus at the end of Mark chapter 10, if you move forward to just the, the section of Scripture right before it, beginning at verse 35, it's a story as Jesus with this group is traveling to Jericho and on their pilgrimage to the final week of Jesus in Jerusalem during the, the Passover celebration there, as they're going along, the disciples are talking among themselves and James and John come up to Jesus and they say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And in verse 36, Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? He asks the exact same thing that Bartimaeus asks. Is, Bartimaeus is asked. What do you want me to do for you? And James and John make this request for extraordinary glory. When you enter your kingdom, put John on one side of you and put James on the other side of you. Let us sit there right beside you in the best seats of heaven when you come and sit in your kingdom and rule over everything. We want to be right there beside you in the best seats. And Jesus has a whole discussion about serving others and humbling yourself and submitting to God's will. It's a very powerful passage of Scripture that you and I need to take, to time, take the time to wrestle through and think about. And he concludes that by saying, look, it's not about seeking to be the best and be the most important. Rather, it's about learning to serve and humbly give yourself to help others. That's what life is all about. He's challenging James and John in their question, what is it that you really want? Do you really want to be identified with me? Then humbly learn to serve, not seek to sit beside me in my kingdom. He asks Bartimaeus the same question. What do you want me to do? And Bartimaeus, instead of asking 
for extraordinary glory like James and John. He asks for ordinary health. I want to just be like other people. I want to be able to see. I want to regain my sight. Help me see, Lord. Again, I don't know whether he's simply saying I want to get the sight I've never had or I want to have the sight that was lost through some accident or illness. Whatever it is, I just want to be able to see. Would you please help me see? Bartimaeus understands that what he needs more than anything is not just somebody to guide him through life, not just to have somebody give him money and provide for him, but he wants to be able to see. And the thing that's amazing here is that even though Bartimaeus lacks physical eyesight, he has spiritual insight because he already understands that Jesus is the son of David. He understands that Jesus is the Messiah and that's why he is coming to Jesus now and saying, would you give me sight? Because he recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah as the coming king who's on his way to Jerusalem. He's coming to set up his kingdom. And Bartimaeus says, I want to receive my sight. I want to see, would you please enable me? Would you please guide me? Would you please, son of David, heal my eyes and help me see? This is the ultimate question in life. What is it that you really want? What is it that you really want? And Jesus asks you that. What is it that you really want? I want to win the lottery. I want to get healthy. I want people to like me. I want a promotion. I want a new car. I want a better house. I want to, go, want to go on a great vacation. Is that really want you, what you want? Really? Or is there something below the surface there that's even deeper? I want to be secure. I want to have a joyful relationship, a loving relationship with my family. I want to have peace in these unsettled times. I want to know that what I'm doing really matters and has value. I want to experience your joy, Lord. I want to know that I'm accepted by you and one day, one day we'll live forever with you in your kingdom. I want to know that. What do you really want? Most of the things we're looking for, most of the things that we're seeking to acquire and accomplish and gain are really just on the surface. Jesus is asking, what do we really want underneath it all? For Bartimaeus, it is his sight but you'll see that what he really wants is to follow Jesus. He's already starting to do that. He's already calling Jesus the son of David. He's the Messiah of all the people in Mark's gospel. Bartimaeus, the blind man, has the spiritual insight to perceive who Jesus really is and he wants to follow. Because when Jesus heals him, there's an instantaneous, miraculous, immediate healing and restoration of Bar Bartimaeus' eyesight. His blindness is no more. It says that Bartimaeus 
began to follow Jesus and was with him that last week in Jerusalem. That's what Bartimaeus wanted, really, more than anything else. Yes, to see, but to see so he could follow Jesus and be loyal to him. It's a question that probes, what do you really want me to do for you? Do you really want Jesus to free you from that bad habit? Do you really want Jesus to give you peace in these anxious times? Do you really want him to give you the assurance that you belong to him and that nothing can ever separate you from his love? What is it that you really want? Jesus asks that question. He's trying to get us to think. Below the surface, below the assumptions, below the cultural expectations and family expectations, below all the things the advertisers tell us that we've got to have to what is it really in the very core of our being, what's most important, what do we really value, what do we really want. And he's asking us so that we will see that what we want and what we need is really to know him and be with him and allow him to be Lord of all, the king of everything in our lives. The question that Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? It's a question that shows respect and it's a question that also shows that Jesus is probing below the surface to what we really want and what we really need. But beyond all of that, it's also a question that shows that Jesus wants to serve us. Jesus is the son of David. Bartimaeus understands that. He testifies to us. He is the witness in Mark's gospel that testifies to us that Jesus is the king. He is the Messiah, the king of everything, the one who truly is the royal descendant of David, the great leader that Israel was always looking for to come and rule over and establish his kingdom. But in the first century BC, the hundred years leading up or so, the hundred years leading up to the birth of Christ, the Jewish people, the rabbis and scholars, they were debating all of this, who is the son of David? And they envisioned the son of David coming as a mighty warrior, a great king who would come and triumphantly conquer and punish the sinners the people oppressing Israel, the enemies of Israel, the wicked people who were exploiting the people of Israel. And they thought that this son of David, this royal king would come and triumphantly conquer and punish sinners. And by asking Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He acknowledges, Jesus does, that he is truly the son of David. But he's not coming to punish sinners He's coming to save sinners. He's coming to rescue them. And he's coming and shows that to Bartimaeus by asking, what do you want me to do for you? You see, all of us have had the experience in life when someone in power and authority comes to us. Maybe it's the boss at work, a teacher, a professor. Maybe it's some political leader, others. And they come, they've got this position, they've got this authority, they've got this plan. And they say to us, here's what I need you to do for me. This is what I need you to do for me. And we're used to those in authority saying that to us. This is what I need you to do for me or to do for us to accomplish this plan. 
And when Jesus says to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He's turning the tables and flipping all this power structure on its head. He, the son of David, the mighty God, the great warrior king, is coming not to punish sinners, but he's coming to save them. He's saying to Bartimaeus, here I am. I'm the one who has the ability, the power, the grace, and the compassion to help you in your affliction. I'm here to serve you which is what he had just taught his disciples back in that whole discussion with James and John about true greatness. It's not sitting beside Jesus in the kingdom. It's about serving others like Jesus. So Jesus says in verse 45, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom payment for many. And that's exactly what Jesus was about to do as he left Jericho. He was climbing that steep hill, that path, that winding path, the Wadi Kelt, he was traveling up that path to Jerusalem, to the capital, where in just a little over a week, he would be giving his life as a ransom payment for Bartimaeus, for his disciples, for all those pilgrims, for you and me. He gave his life on the cross as a ransom payment for us. And he shows that even here, a foretaste, a foreshadowing of what he's about to do by asking Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He's saying, I've come to serve you, Bartimaeus. I'm serving you, the one that nobody else wants to pay attention to you, the one that everybody tells to shut up, the one everybody ignores, the one who is so utterly dependent on other people's help and assistance. I see you. I notice you. I hear you. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? How may I help you, Bartimaeus? He's serving. He's giving his life. And he's helping Bartimaeus in this way. He came as the son of David, the king of compassion and mercy to heal the sick. That's why Jesus has come. So we see that we need to cry out for God's help. We can't fix the problems that we have. We have problems and needs that are greater and beyond our ability to come. You know, we, we can't fix them on our own. They're beyond our ability to fix. They're beyond our ability to solve. Our, our science is not smart enough, our technology is not powerful enough, our wealth is not rich enough, our strength is not strong enough, powerful enough to be able to fix the problems that we have. And we desperately need to cry out to God for the assistance, for the help that we need to change and be the people that he has meant us to be, that he's empowered us to be, that Jesus died to make us become as well. We can cry out to him. And if anything, we see in Bartimaeus a man who is so utterly desperate that he's willing to scream at the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That might be a very good prayer for you and I to pray these days. And not just when there's the coronavirus, but when we face all the other crises of our lives, that we would cry out to him and ask him, to come to the rescue and show his compassion and give us the help that we desperately need. Because we can't follow Jesus and we can't solve our problems on our own. We desperately need his help. 
And we have a God who loves us and respects us, who wants us to see what we really truly need and admit it to him in faith. And he wants us to know that here I am. I'm your savior who's come to serve you. You see, one of the big takeaways of this story is that Bartimaeus is the model disciple. He is the disciple who is able to show us what it really means to follow Jesus. The disciples, the 12 who were following with Jesus, they didn't get it. They didn't understand what it means to really follow Jesus. But here's Bartimaeus, the blind man. He's got the insight that Jesus is truly the son of David, the Messiah, who is able to be the king of everything and solve every problem that he has. He's asking Jesus for what will enable him to follow Jesus and bring glory to his name. And so he says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And the wonderful verse here that we see is what it says in verse 52. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus often told the people that he healed to go home or to go back to their town or to go where they came from, to go back. It's fine. You don't owe me anything. You don't need to do anything. But I've healed you and made you well. Your faith has made you well. And it says that Bartimaeus did not do that. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Not, I've got all my problems figured out. Not that I don't have any brokenness in my life. Not that I'm not struggling with these things. Not that I've never sinned. Not that I've never failed. Not that I'm, helpless, you know, that I'm never helpless. Rather, it's admitting that we desperately need his help and we live our lives in obedience to him by trusting him to come to the rescue day by day when we need his help. You see, we can ask for this help because Jesus is the son of man who came not to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life as a ransom for us. Jesus asks you and I today, what do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that? Maybe you need to think about that more carefully. Maybe you need to pray about it some more. Maybe it'd be worth talking with a, a friend about it or a counselor or someone in your growth group or your growth group leader. Maybe you'd like to chat with me about it. What is it that you really want Jesus to do for you? Because God is so good and so gracious. Jesus will do what we truly ask him because he's a God of great compassion, great power, great knowledge, great love and respect. He truly will come to help those who are willing to admit that they need his help. God does not help those who help themselves. He helps the helpless. And Jesus shows that as he heals and saves Bartimaeus. Would you join me in prayer, please? Father in heaven, we are helpless as we sit here before you this day. We cry out to you and admit that we don't see what to do. We struggle meeting our needs. We struggle with overcoming our brokenness and our weaknesses in life. 
life. We're overwhelmed by the threat of this virus. We're afraid for our jobs, the economy, our families, our children, our parents. We are in way over our heads and we desperately need you to come to the rescue. And we're asking for that. And we pray, Father, that truly right now, that you would teach us to trust the Lord Jesus and to cry out to him when he asks us, what do you want me to do for you? Help us to ask wisely, to ask wholeheartedly, to ask in faith and to trust him to work out what's best for your honor and for our good. Lord, again, we pray for you to lift this plague that's upon us, this pestilence of this virus. We ask that you would come to the rescue. And I pray that you would help us to be contagious with your love and your care and your joy, full of faith that comes from being in your presence and knowing that you are the God who saves, the God who comes to the rescue and helps those who are desperate in needing you and crying out to you. May we do that always by faith. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Scott. We're going to sing our closing song together now. And uh, it's going to be weird dismissing people by saying you can turn off your computer, but... Uh, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Sing about God's faithfulness. on the way my help is on the way